Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Tudor as we talked about the NBA, the MLB, and of course, our signature segments, your weekly turtle tab, Mike's Stupid Rules, and Write That Down Predictions, here on episode 133. Today's fun fact is actually a public service announcement for anybody who does trivia every now and again. If I were to ask you, Mike and Kyle, what two NHL teams have made it to the Stanley Cup Finals multiple times but have never won the Stanley Cup, what would your answer be? And the hint here is both teams have had at least one appearance in the last 25 years. See, I can't answer this because I'm cheating because you already asked me this question after you got it wrong at your last trivia night. So I already know the answer. So I defer to Kyle. You no, I do as well because it was in our group chat. Oh, was it? That's yeah. True. So the, the point I'm trying to make here is that Mike didn't know the answer to this question. If anybody knows hockey trivia, it's going to be Mike most likely. <laughs> like, you know more than the average guy about hockey trivia. I'm not saying you're an expert by any means. Yes. Then any given group of average people, you would be the designated expert on hockey. Out of this group of three people on this podcast, you are our designated NHL expert. Yeah, but no offense to you two, you don't set the bar very high when it comes to uh, being Okay, well, moving on. Being (laughs) answer is the Buffalo Sabres. They had an appearance in 1975 and 1999, and the Vancouver Canucks in 1982, 94, and 2011. Those are the only two teams that have multiple Stanley Cup appearances without ever winning the Stanley Cup. So if you ever get asked that question, you will now know the answer and not lose a game of trivial. PSA from the 8311 cast. You're welcome. That is a good PSA. And I guess if you're ever asked any trivia about the NBA, especially current NBA trivia, well, we're going to inform you on what is currently happening in the NBA playoffs. Uh, Starting in the Western Conference, the... uh, the um, it is now we are now all on to the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, the games that decided this, the LA Clippers uh, came back without uh, they came back without Kawhi Leonard being in the game, and Paul George and Terrence Mann absolutely tore it up, and the Clippers ended up taking that final game seven over the Jazz. Uh, to advance Kawhi Leonard for notably for the Clippers is still out Uh, he is nursing a knee injury it is unclear exactly when he will be back but that is something to watch as they continue their current series with the Phoenix Suns who had the easiest path to the Western Conference Finals at least that's what it seems like as they dismantled the Denver Nuggets uh, in just four games Uh, it was a complete sweep of the Nuggets, uh, they put up a little bit of a fight in game four, but the Suns were able to pull that out. And the Phoenix Suns look like they have the hot hand right now uh, as they have carried that into the beginning of their series with the LA Clippers. Uh, Paul George had a great night in game one, but the Phoenix Suns ended up ousting uh, the uh, Clippers in game one, 120 to 114, led behind a triple double by Devin Booker, his first uh, triple double uh, in the playoffs, as he is continuing to be uh, that all star and making the most of his first ever playoff appearance. Uh, speaking of making the most of his playoff appearance, in his return to 
the NBA playoffs, Kevin Durant missed a game-winning three by inches. We call football a game of inches. Well, NBA basketball is now a game of inches. He said that his big foot stepped on the line as he shot that three, but he he was very close to ending it. Well, like both of his feet were on the line. His big feet got in the way. They were both on the line. I, but it was both inches for both oh, yes. of them. It was both, so they close. Were both very, very close, but they were both on the line. You don't see him mess up footwork like that very often. Yeah. And this was the NBA's first uh, game seven overtime in 15 years. Uh, and it took uh, two 40 point performances. Uh, in the game to get us where we were. Kevin Durant scored the most points in a playoff game with 48. Uh, he had 48, 9, and 6, but it was a little uh, too little uh, for the Brooklyn Nets as they ended up falling to Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis ended that game with 40, 13, and 5, and the Bucks ended up advancing to play the Atlanta Hawks, uh, the surprise of the NBA playoffs, I would say so far is possibly this Atlanta Hawks team. Uh, at the beginning of the season, back in uh, April, they were, uh, I believe it was eight, at least eight games under 500. They fired their head coach. They have an interim head coach and they have made it through the playoffs uh, to the Eastern Conference Finals as they ousted what looked like a lifeless 76ers team. Uh, a lot of people are blaming Ben Simmons for his lackluster play and just inability to hit shots uh, when he is needed to, relying too much on Joel Embiid. Uh, but this Atlanta Hawks team is the lowest seed to make it to the uh, to either Conference Finals so far this season as they advance as the five seed. Uh So it is shaping up to be a very, very interesting uh, playoffs. A Tuesday, um, June 22nd, the Phoenix Suns and LA Clippers will have game two. And then Wednesday, June 23rd, uh, kicks off the series between the Atlanta Hawks and Milwaukee Bucks. So stay tuned to everything here on the 8311 cast. We will keep you updated as this season progresses in the NBA and we get closer to the playoffs. Uh, there hasn't been much controversy in the NBA, but we're going to throw it to Mike right now, who's going to give us a little bit more insight on really the biggest controversy in sports right now. Yeah, well, unless you hate baseball, then you don't care. But we don't hate baseball on the 8311 cast, and this is a big controversy in baseball. So remember, on last on our last episode, we talked to you about um, how the MLB was coming out with a memo on the use of prohibited sticky substances um, by pitchers in the game of baseball. Um, that memo has come out. It was published last week. Um, just to give you the highlights of the memo, the way the memo says it will work, um, it began, began implementation today, Monday, June 21st. So I haven't actually seen whether or not this is happening. But what the memo says is that umpires at least um, probably eight times a game, evenly between teams, randomly, will check pitchers um, for foreign substances on hats, arms, necks, gloves, belts, shoes. Basically, they're going to do everything except strip search the guy for uh, foreign substances on their person. Um, 
this will be regardless of whether the manager makes a request. The gentleman's agreement used to be that the manager would have to make a request to check. It will be done no matter what. Um, any pitcher who is found with the foreign substance or applies one to the ball, they can also just look at the ball, will be ejected and automatically suspended. No appeal, no nothing. Automatically suspended. That suspension will be 10 games in length. That player must remain on their team's active roster during that suspension. They cannot be replaced. Um, they will get paid, however. The league didn't want to have to fight with the Players Association. A grievance would certainly follow if this was a suspension without pay situation. Um, so, so basically, they just decided not to fight with the union um, and just said they'd be suspended with pay. Um, so it's a 10-game minimum, and then repeat offenders would get more as it goes on. MLB hasn't specified how much more, um, but they will get more. Um, uh, this also applies to position players. They can also get ejected, but the pitcher is ultimately responsible for foreign substances on the ball. So when in doubt, the pitcher is getting tossed, even if it might have been a position player doing it. So... Um, those are the details. Like I said, enforcement starts today. Umpires are going to be checking a lot more aggressively. We'll see if that results in any ejections and suspensions. Um, since, so MLB announced this policy that they were going to start enforcing this on June 3rd. Since then, the ERA for pitchers has gone up from 4.06 to 4.4. Um, Batting averages have gone up from uh, 236 to 247. And uh, spin rate, the average fastball spin rate, um, has dropped for almost 70% of pitchers. And overall, it's dropped by about 4.5%. We've seen a 4.5% drop in spin rate just since the MLB said we are eventually going to start enforcing that. We don't, ha we don't know how much more the numbers are going to drop here over the next couple of weeks now that they have started to enforce it. So I think what we're learning is that a lot of pitchers were cheating and it did have an effect. This is st still small sample size. It's only three, two to three weeks worth of games and data, but that's what it looks like so far. Um, we will see how that looks over the next couple of weeks. We'll see if anybody gets ejected at all or if this is just sort of the threat is enough. Um, but that's what we've got going on. That's the situation. Um, do you two have any thoughts about the memo, about how this is going to be enforced and checked? Any thoughts that you want to share here before we dive in deeper? Well, before, I guess before we share, well, I, I don't, I guess I don't have any thoughts other than something that I want to share, but I guess I should give Wyatt the opportunity to share something. I, I totally dig it. I like that the MLB is actually doing something and doing something consistent. My only kind of sort of gripe is the 10 game suspension. Like, is that really necessary? But you can't really gripe about it because it is suspension with pay. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. Yeah. The interesting part is you don't can't replace them on the active roster, right? So you're playing with 25 guys for the next 10 days if anybody gets suspended. So, yeah. so it, it definitely brings a, a sort of responsibility to the team, right? For sure. To not do that. I, I like it. I'm not a huge fan of the suspension, but I'm not going to gripe about it any more than it. Yeah. So, Kyle, what did you have to share? Uh, so, one of the most outspoken uh, players against this so far 
being Trevor Bauer, we all know how much Mike loves him, but he's, Trevor he's, he's, he's a good person to get content from. Uh, so what he, he brought up a point that I actually thought was interesting and I wanted to discuss it with you guys to see if it actually has any relevance or any, or whatnot. Uh, but I was one, my question for you guys, the thing that he brought up is, do you think umpires were given too much authority over all of this? Um, and I'm quoting Trevor Bauer from this in a tweet that he uh, posted way back on the 15th of this month. He says, umpires are the big winners here. The MLB just made them judge, jury, and executioner. If an umpire dislikes a player or a team, even if a pitcher has literally nothing on his hand, oops, sorry, there's 10 games. And there's no way for a player to appeal. How do you argue that your hand wasn't <laughs> sticky an hour ago or a day ago or a week ago? Memo to all umpires. I'm sorry for any of my past transgressions. Please forgive me. Sorry, I laugh because that's just a ridiculous accusation against the professionalism of umpires. Like, you might not like umpires and they might do a bad job sometimes. Like, I'm not going to say Angel Hernandez is a good umpire. No, he's, he's a terrible he's, umpire. But he's professional, right? I'm okay if you take shots about the, about the, skill of umpires that's fine some umpires are bad but they're all professionals like don't question the the professionality and the integrity of these umpires that's that's what gets me it's like no no the umpire isn't screwing your team it might seem like that sometimes but it's never actually the case they just don't do that like trevor just go get a grip trevor bauer umpires are not going to be tossing people for no reason that's just ridiculous was, was that pun intended tossing people no get a grip oh no that was not intentional that was not intentional that was a good one yeah to me that to me that's just a bad take i don't know if you disagree with me Wyatt, but i just think that's an awful take i was completely dumbfounded for a minute there i think that's absurd you know even going to to little league games through the mlb most umpires especially all of them that are are yeah extremely professional uh they might make bad calls but that doesn't mean they're bad umpires Yes. Some than others, I totally agree. But yeah, the, the professionalism for any official in any sport, as soon as you start questioning that, you got to, the game doesn't matter, right? They, right. Like officials, there is no option to not have an officiated game. And that's why I was like really actually annoyed by this was for the fact of officials are supposed to be nonpartisan to a team. So you think they're blatantly going out there and going to target individuals single them out and just throw them out just for 10 games so they don't have to see them how often do you see that umpire then in those 10 games and like what satisfaction is he gonna get out of that so and the whole thing about them being judged during executioner yeah that's like the job that's what they're supposed to do right they're supposed to read interpret and apply the rules yeah (laughs) That's, that's literally their job Good explanation of what they do, Trevor. But I i mean, speaking of dumb takes, Mike, do you want to get into uh, this Tyler Glass now fiasco? Yeah. So for those, so uh, Tyler Glass now, he's a pitcher for the Rays. He was an AL Cy Young contender. He, um, it was revealed um, within the last couple of weeks that he has a partially torn UCL. That's your ligament in your elbow that usually leads to Tommy John surgery. Um, 
And basically, he gave an interview after the injury was announced, which is good on him. I appreciate that players talk to the media, first of all. That, that's a good thing. I like it when players talk to the media. Um, so I give him props for that, stepping up to the microphone in a tough situation. But um, basically, his take was he was a person who used the sunscreen and rosin combination for grip. Um, and he said after the memo, he stopped using it um, and basically said he had to he had to grip the ball harder and throw differently, et cetera, to get the same results. And he believes that is why that led to the extra stress on his arm. And that's why he got hurt. Um, I'm going to break this down a little bit. First of all, I get it. You got hurt. You're frustrated. I, under, I understand you're frustrated. You're on my fantasy baseball team. So it's not like I got a vendetta against you. I wanted you to keep pitching well all year. Um, but to me, this is just a really bad take. I mean, I can boil this take down to this. I was cheating. Now I can't. That's why I got hurt. That's a bad take. Like if, if, if your excuse for getting hurt is I can't cheat anymore, that's, that, that's just a really bad take to me. Like if you, I can't cheat is not a, I, I'm just dumbfounded that somebody thinks that's a valid thing for being hurt. And like, I get it. Sunscreen and rosin is not like a super sticky substance, right? There's a lot of hitters even that say they're fine with it. And I have no problem with them allowing it in the rules. But right now it is not allowed in the rules. It's not, it's cheating. It is, let's just call it what it is. It is cheating. Does it give you that much of an advantage? I don't know, but it's cheating. If your take is I was cheating and I can't, I don't have much sympathy for you. I just don't. So I don't know much about this until you just mentioned it. And I haven't really been following anything outside of the NL central. Um, was he saying this as an excuse? Was he whiny about it? Or was it just, I think this is what happened because if he's going to, I think this is what happened or I can see why you would make that connection. I changed something that I do regularly. Therefore there was a consequence to that change. Right. I could get where you might make that connection. Whether or not it's true is completely irrelevant here. But I could kind of understand why you'd want to blame it on that, I guess, just from a devil's advocate point of view. I don't know. I, I think the intent with his statement kind of matters here. Because if he was just told, lying about it, man, yeah, I totally agree. Like, get, get over it, buddy. It was, it was a little bit in between a whining and, um, and just stating, right? It was in between. He was, he was complaining about that they changed this. There was, there was complaining involved. It wasn't a tirade by any means, but yes, there was complaints involved. Um, yeah. You, yeah. You... Base, his, his point was, one of his other points was, um, why didn't, why are, they, why are they doing this in the middle of the year, right? Why, and my thing is they're not changing the rules. The rules aren't changing. Again, if your thing is, why are you making me stop cheating in the middle of the year? I don't have much sympathy for you, right? If, they, if this was changing the rule, absolutely, you can't do that in the middle of the year. That's a problem. But they're not. They're not. This isn't changing the rules. This rule has been on the books for a very, very long time. What can we go back a couple of months? What even spurred this on? Because the reason why they're enforcing it now is because all the media cloud around it, right? Like everyone's talking about it, the the kind of 
everybody knew it was going on, but now the cat's out of the bag to the lay person, I suppose, that that MLB's biggest cheating scandal is happening right now, you know? Yeah. So um, the Major League Baseball issued a memo during um, spring training or thereabouts before the start of the season that said they were going to do increased enforcement by randomly sending ball samples to independent labs um, to investigate if there were substances on them. So they said they were going to do some increased enforcement, but, you know, when the MLB says that, it often doesn't mean much. You know what I mean? Um, So there was that. And then I think what really set this off was, I believe we talked about this on an episode probably about a month ago, was the... um, Mike Schilt incident uh, with the, the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, right? Where um, the umpire and crew had a Cardinals pitcher change his hat before he pitched um, because it, had, it looked like it had a substance on it, right? So, and then Mike Schilt went on a pretty nice rant after the game, basically just saying everybody's doing it. And then multiple hitters basically came out and said, yeah, everyone's doing it. So then the MLB sort of didn't have a choice. They had a PR dilemma on their hands at that point. So they were, from a PR perspective, they were sort of forced to, uh, to do that. You know what I, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's wild to me that it's just happening now because uh, if we had the time, we'd go do the research. But it, I know Trevor Bauer was tweeting about this mm-hmm. ye- years ago. Yes. About his sticky substance and how, oh, wouldn't it be great if you could magi- magically increase the RPM of your fastball 400 in, in a day right uh, it's just wild to me this is all just all of a sudden taken off for the most part i like it i think it's a net positive it's a good thing you know we're I agree. hits but it's just it's interesting yep yeah it is interesting so we'll see how enforcement goes over the next few weeks um we'll keep you all in the loop we'll see how many ejections there are we'll we'll come back to this we visit this on the next um episode of the 8311 cast next week we'll take another look at it so but for now, keep an eye on that. It's it's interesting to me. There's a lot of good uh, good info around this. So, baseball has an offense problem. Before you make new rules, enforce the ones on the book. I think I said that on a previous episode too. Mm-hmm. Enforce the rules you got before you make up new ones. Any other any other thoughts from anybody else on sticky substances? Or did we pretty much hit it all? I think we pretty much hit it all for now. Sweet. Well, we'll go from something that's very uh, high controversy to something that's very, very, very sad. This is very sad news. I did not take this news very well. Um, News from our weekly turtle tab. Um, We have the bad news that baseball savior Willens Astadio was optioned to AAA St. Paul um, on Saturday when Byron Buxton returned from injury. Basically, he'd gotten outplayed by Nick Gordon for utility role on the Twins roster. Um, Nick Gordon's a former first-round draft pick. Theoretically, has more potential than Ostadio. Um, and he'd been playing well. So basically, Nick Gordon just beat out Willens Ostadio. Of course, just because he's in AAA, that does not mean our weekly turtle tab is over. It will be continuing every week as um, we fill you in on everything he has done at AAA uh, St. Paul, where he is playing. So we will keep you all informed on that in future episodes. um, We were talking about rules, of course, with the the sticky substances, and I could have just copped out and used that for stupid rules, right? Because we've been talking about the rules a lot. 
Well, I am not a cop out. We don't do that here on the Mike Stupid Rules segment. So we're going to talk about a different rule in Major League Baseball that is on the books that is rarely enforced. Um, this is rule 4.06. And you guys might be surprised when I read this rule to you. I'm going to read it all because it's pretty short. Players in uniform shall not address or mingle with spectators, nor sit in the stands before, during, or after a game. No manager, coach, or player shall address any spectator before a game. Players of opposing teams shall not fraternize at any time while in uniform. That is an actual rule in the actual Major League rule book. I'm not surprised that that's a rule. I didn't know that was a rule rule. But I'm not surprised either. I, I feel like there's something similar for probably football and maybe not basketball. is a little more rowdy, I suppose. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's not enforced. But I mean, right, that rule and the history of it is a reason why you don't shake hands after a major league game, for example. Technically, that's against the rules, right? Technically, according to major league rules, that's against the rules. Now, this is especially the spectators part is probably part of the rule that baseball probably should never enforce and should just take off the book. Cause I think you want your players um, engaging with spectators, especially like before, right? Cause it doesn't say during the game, it says in uniform, I'd be fine if they changed the text to during the game, but like before and after the game, during warmups, things like that. Right. Like to me, that's completely legit. And that's something you want your players doing is interacting with your fans at the ballpark, signing autographs for kids, things like that. You know what I mean? So it was, I just thought it was an interesting rule. I mean, I don't have much analysis on it. It seems pretty straightforward and it is um, unenforced, but basically um, it's been in, it's been in there for a while. Um, it was meant to avoid like corruption and collusion way back when, um, right. It was supposed to, maintain more competitive integrity because if players weren't friends you really wanted to beat each other i mean it's not really necessary anymore because with free agency players move so much anyway nowadays it's not like the old days where free agency didn't exist but anyway it is still on the books they haven't gotten rid of it it is like i said rule 4.0 what did i say it was 4.06 so there you go no fraternization between teams you learn something new every day Mm-hmm. Accurate. And after Mike's stupid rules, of course, comes our Write That Down Prediction segment. This will be our first accountability session um, of the 2021-2022 Write That Down Prediction season. Um, and we have two predictions that are coming off the board this week. And let's just say, no, we're not off to a good start. Um, I have a prediction come off the board that says my softball team will finish with an above 500 record. Not only will we not finish with an above 500 record, but when the regular season ends tomorrow, with the regular season ending tomorrow, we have already wrapped up last place in the standings. So, yeah, not great. We we were 500 when I made that prediction, and I'm not sure we've won since. So maybe I just shouldn't have made that prediction is what we're learning. So I jinxed us. Um, the so, other prediction coming off the wait, board. Wait, so for that, Mike gets a nah. Oh, yes. I forgot to nap myself. Nah. I do get it. Uh, second prediction coming off the board is Kyle, um, who I don't know how to pronounce his name. Koa? Koar. Koar. 
rookie pitcher Coar uh, that the uh, that the Royals called up um, the day of uh, our episode a couple of weeks ago. Kyle predicted that he would go five or more innings and give up two or fewer runs. Did he even make it out of the first inning in that game? He didn't pitch well. He definitely didn't get to that threshold. So I don't know what his exact line was, but it wasn't that. So, nah. Nah. That is it for our accountability session. So um, to do with our uh, rearrangement last year, uh, from last week, I am starting us off now with our prediction. I am predicting that the Milwaukee Bucks, after their seven-game uh, series win over the Nets, will win the NBA title. The Bucks. Um, what does five thirty-eight say? Five thirty-eight gives the Bucks a twenty-seven percent chance to win the uh, the title. Is that double terry double territory for us? I we should like yeah. was down. I'm pretty sure it's double territory. Yeah, that seems it's five thirty-eight. So yeah. that seems legit. double. Double it is. I'll take that. Next up is Josh. Do we have anything from Josh this week? Is he still alive? Yep, he's still alive. He's doing good. He does have a prediction. Um, he is predicting that the Milwaukee Brewers will be in first place in the NL Central all alone um, by the time we air our next episode, by the time we record our next episode. Right now, mm. they are tied at 40 and 32 with the Cubs. Uh, who do they got? With St. Louis and Cincinnati, both four games behind them. Uh, they got the D-backs. Boy, the D-backs are bad. They're They've lost terrible. like 34 out of their last 37 or something like that. They, they got... Three down in Arizona, and then three at home against the Rockies. I mean, maybe. I mean, that seems pretty like those are the two worst teams in the NL. So looking at the Cubs schedule, which is I, I'm assuming is the only other competition here. For the uh, are at Dodgers. Um, wait a minute here. So there's a two game right now at home against the Indians. Four at Dodgers. I don't know. I feel like the Brewers will probably win more throughout the week. I say this seems like single territory to me. Yeah. yeah, single it is. Single it is. I'm gonna keep throwing up those wild predictions that I do at the beginning of every season. This one's a little different. Never had this one before. But we will see an NFL fair catch kick this season. For reference, mm. we had two of them last decade, and only three of them the decade previous. So the last one was in 2019. Carolina, according to a quick Google search. And the one prior to that was in 2013. Those are only the two in the 2010s. I've got one listed for October 13th, 2019. Yep, that's one of the two. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. I thought you said that's not one of the two. That is, yeah, that's the most recent one. Um, What do you think, Kyle? Is this the home run territory? Probably. Probably so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. That's kind of what I was going for. Swinging for the fences. What do you got, Kyle? Well, this should be an easy one for you to uh, figure out. Okay. I'm, I'm saying that the Suns are going to win the NBA title. According to 538, they have a 52% 53%. chance, 53% chance of doing so. So, yeah, single. 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 Two singles, a double, and a home run. That rounds out or write that down prediction segment, which means we're at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode 133 of the 8311 Cast. Hope to see you back here again next week. In the meantime, be sure to check out our Instagram at 8311Cast, where we post cool pictures, videos, and other social media type things. But until then, signing off for the 8311 Cast favorite hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter. Talk to you all again next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones.